You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of No Other Pod. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy. Hey, Ben. With my good buddy, Dan. What's going on, my friend? Game week, dude. We've waited 1,900 hours to get here, buddy. But it's finally playoff week. We're, we're still in the playoffs, if you forgot. Have you forgotten? Get it. I have not. No. How could I? I mean, it's been 84 years since we last played a game, but. It's been a minute. We have a whole, like, Sporting KC shop now and Power and Light. Uh, things, That's wild. Things are just changing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, I guess if you're listening, depending on when you're listening to this, good listeners, happy Thanksgiving. So that's uh, that's happening this week. Um, Dan, I know you are, you know, as documented, you are a vegan. So I would guess that, you know, the traditional turkey dinner is off the off the table for you, so to speak. So what's what's a go to vegan Thanksgiving dish that y'all eat? That's just delicious. I, I could make a vegan roast of some sort, but it, it's a lot of work sometimes. Right. It's mm-hmm. not just like buying a turkey and making right. it up. You got to really do a lot. Uh, mac and cheese is always a pretty good, pretty good come through, man. Uh, yeah. Vegan mac and cheese is very, you know, simple to make. So, yeah. Russell sprouts, you know, Russell sprouts are always good. Yeah, that's true. I am I'm making mac and cheese for our Thanksgiving. It's not going to be vegan, but it uh, nice a good one. So, very cool. I know I got. Uh, I also ordered a couple of cheese blocks from a from a cheese shop I went to in Austin called okay. Rebel Cheese. Um, Interesting. that's supposed to be delivered today, like three different cheese blocks. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Interesting. Well, I've only yeah. ever had vegan cheese, I think once, and it was when y'all made that vegan queso and it was good. So I, I, I yeah. trust, I trust your vegan cheese decision-making. You know, you <laughs> know me, you know me. So, you know, I'm not going to eat disgusting stuff, right? Yes. It's all, it's all delicious. Yes. Awesome. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you all. I don't, maybe you're listening to this as you're trying to get away from all of the discussion of, of your family and trying to catch a break. So, hence the hence the delayed release on our part. We, uh, you know, had to try to squeeze some time in here with travel and and uh, holiday plans. So, yeah. we're coming at you yeah. live on Thanksgiving here. I, of course, had to go watch my my beloved college football team get their shit rocked by our crosstown rival. So. Oh, nice. Your team lost. Okay. All, all the teams are just losing, bro. Great. It's this, that this looks great for sporting to break the trend. Yeah. Hey, you know what? At some point, there's got to be an exception to the rule. And at this point, the rule is our teams are losing. So yeah. let's have sporting be that exception. Someone, <laughs> it will get broken. Why not now? It, right. It's exactly. wonderful. Uh, before we get into the game, and we got a lot to talk about, I want to actually look back at some of the games that Houston and sporting have played earlier this year and such. Mm. But before we get into that, we do have a couple of reviews that popped up on Apple uh, Podcasts since we last recorded. Now, if you listen, if you're one of the reviewers and you listen to our episode before, you're like, "What the heck? I left the review." Sometimes Apple's a bit delayed, so they <laughs> popped up now. So, uh, do you want to go ahead and and read the first one? There's a long one and a short one. Yeah, man, we got this. Uh, uh, Ginky Pseudo's dreadlocks left us a review here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Usernames, man. I I greatly regret choosing my username years ago because it's so basic. Dan <laughs> I, I think it's like Coos Dog or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's called The Overdue Review. And it's like, whoa, that sounds like a weekly gazette right there. Uh, <laughs> five stars. First found the pod when I met Dan at the Sporting Adult Fantasy Camp, and he was wearing a No Other Pod t-shirt. 
Yeah, it was. Branding, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Brennan for his appearance on the show. Uh, it says Brendan, but I know he meant Brennan. That's been a minute. This is a long time listener. He's been on a few times, right? Uh, I talked to Brennan the other day, by the way. Doing well. Good guy. Good. Not typically a fan of freeform, less structured shows, but have really grown to love the pot. There for me when sporting can't steal a win, and there for me, there with me to celebrate sweeping St. Louis. Love the interviews when you have them and the mix of casual fun, analysis, and off-topic banter. I no longer live in the KC area, have no local friends invested in the club, but feel like I can check in once a week with SKC buddies. Love the show and recommend to all sporting fans. Cheers. That's awesome. This is what I wanted this to be from the very beginning is just buddies. And then everyone listening is also buddies. Yep. That's what this is, man. And that's that's good shit. We're still SKC rolling. SKC buddies. That's awesome. Love it. Thank well, you so much for leaving that. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Genki Sudo's Dreadlocks. And uh, appreciate that. We did have another one uh, from Blue NKC, five stars, titled Simply the Best. Says the best pod covering the best team and fans in Kansas, Missouri, and dare I say, America. Hashtag Vamos Casey. America. America. Worldwide. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Blue and Casey. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate y'all. We are thankful on this Thanksgiving day for you. I'd say so. <laughs> I'm uh, thankful for this mustache, bro. It's uh, It wouldn't be a week if I didn't mention the stash. I'm getting sick of it, but I don't want sporting to lose, so it has to stay. It has to stay. Exactly. I don't remember if I asked you, does Marissa like, dislike, indifferent to the mustache? She kind of does, and like, she kind of likes it. And okay. Okay. I was like, will you stop? Like, it puts 10 years on me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, I look like I'm in my 40s. It's out of control. Yeah. Well, hey, if she likes it. Maybe it sticks around. Who knows? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Stop letting your spouse control your life. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, before before we actually get into even some of the other Houston games, I do want to talk about, there was a big award announcement since we last recorded. Hey, morning, Kansas was. City striker Alan Polito was voted the 2023 MLS Comeback Player of the Year, Major League Soccer announced. That's and uh, that's a pretty big time honor. A, that the one thing that I noticed about this, though, is that the player vote did not sway in his favor. It was the media vote that put it over the top. Absolutely. Uh, so I just kind of wonder, like, I don't know. The players just did not respect him the way the media did, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, it, it is interesting how the, the player vote, I'm, I'm trying to find, I know I put it up. Here it is. Um, Alan Polito got 34.08% of the vote um, in totality. Um, and then... It was Miles Robinson who came in second place, the Atlanta United center back, 25.5%. And then um, Gile Paolo, the Seattle midfielder, 9.12%. Uh, so you're right. Uh, Miles Robinson was the biggest player vote, 27.04% of the player vote, because, of course, the total percentage is made up of players, club staff, and then media. 27.04% uh, for Miles Robinson, 22.01 for Alan Polito. So slight edge to uh, to Miles over Alan Polito. Um, There's actually a bigger discrepancy. 38.46% of the club personnel voted for Miles Robinson compared to a 28.21% for Alan Polito, which I think is interesting. I don't know what's going on there. If Miles Robinson is just more in player or people's minds because he's been in and out of the U.S. men's national team picture or what, but I thought that was interesting. This is definitely, you mentioned this, this is what swayed it and sealed it by almost 10% uh, of the total vote for Alan Polito. 
The media voted for Miles Robinson 10.98%. The media voted for Alan Polito 52.02%. So wow. far and away, MLS media thought Alan Polito comeback player of the year. Well, it's cool. You know, Sporting released a, a, a big video about him getting the congratulatory celebration and and his doctors from like California were on like a Zoom call. Yeah. And I just thought that was really neat. Like we don't think about that stuff often in sports. You don't think about how uh, a team of doctors were a part of your journey in right. like recovery, especially through like maybe it's an experimental surgery mm-hmm. uh, and you're in your mind emotionally thinking I might never play again or may, or not to my caliber, right? Right. And I just, I don't know, it was kind of neat to see that. And he was like, Alan, we're so proud of you, man. Keep going strong. And if anything, Alan probably needed this now for this last playoff push here, man, because for sure, two two wins and we're in MLS Cup. It's unreal. It's wild. I mean, the man's had 14 goals through just 26 starts, so he started 26 of the 34 games that we've played in the season. I mean, you know, if he if he's healthy, and even some of those starts, like he 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 was still battling back from some small injuries off and on throughout the year. He made 28 total appearances. If he's healthy and can play or start those other, you know, let's say six more of those other eight games. I mean, you're you're looking at potentially, you know, a 17 to 20 goal season. And and if yeah. you can if you can do something like that, I mean, that's the type of season that launches you up into the MLS MVP conversation. Certainly oh, a yeah. boot conversation. He was in that conversation up until the end of the year. Like he was very close to the golden boot leader. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 insane, man. I just I look at these things as something the team can get pumped for and like right. make momentum like there's that award there's logan getting injured so you know next man up mentality try to push for this final you know playoff push man it's it's exciting for sure so shout out to alan Polito. the video was great if you haven't watched it they surprised him the one thing i thought was funny about the video is at the end they have him pull like the little party popper and i just thought like they had this big old sign and whatnot and then there was this little confetti popper and i was like <laughs> maybe they could have got a, a bigger one but i don't yeah <laughs> it Woo! is uh, a little little kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan Polito is now also officially, um, statistically speaking, the all-time leader for Sporting Kansas City in goals per game, um, having played a minimum of 20 regular season games. Uh, interestingly, two of the top three are currently on the roster. Alan Polito, number one. Willie Agata, number two, obviously, because he had the, that crazy run at the end of last year. And then right. Don Dwyer is number two. So, yep. Uh, hey, Dwyer was huge when he was here, man. So to be on that list is is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So shout out to uh, to Alan Polito and and congrats for winning uh, comeback player of the year. So let's let's hope he can keep it going. And uh, there, remember when Tim Melia won that shit, man? Tim Melia. Yep. His wasn't coming back from an injury. It was just like kind of coming back from not being a starter. I get it. Not having a career really. Being not having a school, job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm just just kind of floating through it, and then he comes in as this breakout season. And everyone's like, yeah. "Yeah, comeback player of the year from what?" Yeah, it's <laughs> that. This is one of the more strange awards because I'm gonna look up the the leaders right now. It's subjective, uh, right? It's like, it, can anyone win it? Like, oh, that dude got a divorce last year, but came back and played really well. <laughs> right. It's it's not it's not always like it doesn't necessarily make sense as to like, oh, sometimes you were hurt. Sometimes you were just bad and now you're good again. Sometimes you took a year off. So I think, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips won when he was with LAFC, but I don't think he was hurt really. If I remember correctly with the Red Bulls, he just kind of got out of favor and moved on. Um, 
Gonzalo Iguain won it in 2022. And yeah, he might have been a little bit hurt, but he also just was really bad for Inter Miami in 2021. So it's it's interesting. But hey, shout out to Alan Polito. I'm looking at this. I believe he's actually the first uh, player of Mexican descent to win the award. Oh, that's pretty so, dope. That's kind of cool. Shout out to I, Alan I don't. Polito. Does anyone else cringe when you hear the words Inter Miami? You just kind of go, <laughs> you wince a little bit. I, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like them. It, the whole thing where teams are trying to monopolize, not monopolize, monetize off of uh, mm-hmm. Messi and shit. And, and like you, you, you shared something about New York Red Bulls. Yeah. About so their, their holiday package. The New York Red Bulls launched a holiday pack where it's like, give the gift of Red Bulls New York. And, and it's, you get a ticket to the hall opener and you get a ticket to the, the New York Derby between the Red Bulls and NYCFC. And then you get a travel Red Bull mug and you get a Red Bull collectible bobblehead. And then there's a little asterisk on there in the graphic where it says home opener against who we don't know yet. There's a tiny little asterisk. And uh, it on the fine print at the bottom of the graphic, it says, if Red Bulls play Inter-Miami CF in the home opener, each home opener ticket will be replaced with a ticket to the Red Bulls' second home match. Why would you buy this package? It's like, wait, there's stipulations here? Mm-hmm. Like It's a huge slap in the face to your supporters. Yeah, kind of, right? But are other teams doing this too? Like, I'm kind of concerned if Messi and Inter Miami come to Kansas City, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, sure. Well, not every other team is doing this because Charlotte FC has a a pact of some sort, um, and and they have a little asterisk uh, next to their home opener, and in the fine print at the bottom of that, it says if Charlotte FC play Inter Miami CF in the home opener, each home opener ticket will still be valid. You're good. Oh, nice. <laughs> Were they? Was that a troll, kind of? Yeah, they're kind of poking fun at, at the New York Red Bulls for Hell yeah. being total asshats about this. I love poking fun at people. I've had a I've had a heyday the last week or so poking fun at uh, a lack of a NWSL championship celebration. You know, it's yeah, it's that's yeah, ridiculous. The black and blue Friday deal. It's two matches for twenty bucks. Upper bowl tickets to the home opener and the fan appreciation game. And then yeah, they put that that little uh, disclaimer saying if they play Miami, you're still good. Twenty dollar tickets. Crazy. So, crazy. but it, it is a good point because I mean, MLS media had made such a big deal and soccer media in general of when Lionel Messi is in our league now. He's he's coming and what is this going to do for MLS and whatnot? And then to kind of flip that and the people who are going to be buying New York Red Bulls holiday pack tickets for, for games that have yet to be announced, you don't know who the opponent is. You're spending your money for a season that hasn't started yet or whatnot. Those aren't just the casual fans who are like, oh, I want to just spend money to see Messi. don't actually care. Those are the the more diehard supporters or the people who maybe want to have season tickets but can't afford a whole season ticket package because maybe they have kids or family. So they're like, I'm going to do this for the holidays for my family and give the gift of going to a soccer game. And what do you do? You preemptively slap people in the face because you say, Oh no no no! But you you're not your money's not good enough for this game because we know we can go get more from people who don't actually care, and and I don't I just feel like you can't have it both ways if you're the league saying like look how good this is for the league look how this will help us grow the game look how he's in our league now and then say but not you all we all, the rich people yeah not the fa- not the fans that have been with you forever like right yeah we're gonna grow it over here you know to these people and at that point it's not even growing it it's just a cash grab. Which exactly. we kind of knew that's what it was from the, the get go, but everything's a cash grab and an ass blast, buddy. It's all it's all one big ass blast, and it's fine, 
you know, as long as it does not affect us. Yeah. If, <laughs> no. there, if there's a lesson to take on this Thanksgiving day, it's everything is a cash grab and an ass blast. Absolutely, dude. Quote. That's why you need on a t-shirt. <laughs> that's why you need to go to hellotushy.com slash hellother. Get your 10% off your tushy bidet. It's a hell of a time, man. Hey, people at work were talking about bidets the other day, and I go, guys, they're amazing. I mean, if you go to hellotushy.com slash no other, you can get 10% <laughs> off. And they're like, what is that? And I go, oh, it's just for a, a podcast I listen to. Yeah, I did that too. They were like, don't, don't your podcast have a bidet discount? And I was like, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you you still have yours hooked up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I use it every day. You, I hate minutes ago. Buddy, I hate going on vacation mm-hmm. and like not using a bidet. I'm just like, oh, look at this toilet for peasants. Like, yep. <laughs> it's the worst. And then you have to wipe with toilet paper and it's like sandpaper because I've been treating my bum like like gold. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. Oh no, it's 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 definitely a thing where yeah, it's uh it's not quite home. I'll say that. Not quite home. They do sell a travel bidet. Have you seen those? I know I don't know if I can bring myself to that. It's weird. It's like a squirt bottle. I'm like, I'm not squirting it. Like, I don't want to manually squirt it. <laughs> fill it up with water preemptively and just carry it around. Yeah, it's weird. So. It's like, wait, can I have a drink your water bottle? You don't want to drink that. Nope, not that one. <laughs> it's non-potable. No, no, no. <laughs> um, anywho, well, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, let's let's dive into Houston versus Sporting Kansas City. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, man, I, uh, dude, in the Thanksgiving spirit, mm-hmm. I went and saw that slasher flick, Thanksgiving. Oh, I can't. You're not a slasher guy, huh? No. Oh, man, because it was strangely good. Fall like, of the was... House of Usher is, like, the closest I get to, like, a slasher film. Yeah, and that wasn't even really slashery. Not really there's, there's, like, either. gore in it, but you don't, like, actively yeah. see the gore happen, really. Oh, man. Pretty solid film. Pretty solid. I don't know why you and Nick are a couple babies, but uh... <laughs> I did see a movie though. Um, 
over the the this past weekend. I'm gonna butcher the title now, but the the Hunger Games prequel, Ballad of oh, Songbirds okay. and Snakes, I think is what it was. Be in it next week. I have not read that book. I know my younger right. brother Eddie had read the book going into the movie. I did not know much about it other than it was a prequel about President Snow and whatnot. I enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, see, I've been watching the old Hunger Games movies every Saturday, uh, so I'm I'm ready, man. I'm prepped and ready. Yeah, it's good. It's long, two hours and forty five minutes. But uh, I'll say this: it they the way they did it, it didn't feel like a two hour and forty five minute movie. They used the time well. So hey, if you saw Oppenheimer, your time is nothing. I have not seen that. My brother Eddie has seen it like seven times, so he's seen it for us. So oh, he he what? So he has spent over a day watching <laughs> Oppenheimer. He's seen it a lot. It's a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. So, dude, I hit the bathroom like two or three times. Yeah, he saw it in the special theater, the whatever you know, sure. seventy millimeter, millimeter, what you know, all that. So, you know where we got to go to see that? The closest one is in Texas, in like Dallas. Yeah, yeah, too much. I, is it worth it? Does he say it's worth it? I'm not. I don't care. I'm not. I, not. <laughs> I'm not traveling to Texas. However, if we had one in Kansas City, I'd give it a shot. Sure, absolutely. But, like, I know a guy who drove to Texas. No, that's too much. From Topeka. I was like, what are you doing? Too much. Um, But, yeah, let's let's jump in to Sporting Kansas City traveling on the road Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Time, November 26th. Who's scared? Anyone scared? I don't know. That's what I want to ask. How are you feeling right now heading into this game? Uh, Houston's great, right? But, you know, we've all, we've, we've got a longer break than them. Mm -hmm. That could hurt us Mm -hmm. or it could be good. I don't really know. Yes. And Houston's good at home. They are. And their midfield's great. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I read who's their who's their main guy in the midfield? Uh Hector. Hector Herrera. Uh, yep, Herrera. I read something that said, uh, you know, obviously you need, you know, we know to not let him have the ball all that right. much. And if we know that, then Peter Vermees definitely knows that and they've right. been training for that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It he's he's one, I mean Mexican international. He's been around for a while. He's played in uh, League MX. I believe he's played in Europe. Um, he's certainly one that Sporting Kansas City have to figure out how to handle. Um, Jimmy Conrad said as much when he was on the podcast last week. He was like, the guy to try to stop is Hector Herrera because if he controls the midfield, it's not going to be great for Sporting Kansas City. Now, the good news I will say for Sporting Kansas City is I would say our greatest strength is our midfield. Uh, we have okay. four starting caliber midfield or midfielders between um, Nemanja Rodoya, Remy Voltaire, Gadi Kinda, and Eric Tommy. So whichever combination Peter Vermees uses to to for the three midfielders to start this game, um, they're gonna have they're gonna have their work cut out for them trying to make sure that um, they keep Hector Herrera under control. Um, if you look at some of the the previous games that Sporting Kansas City has played, um, a big part of that was trying to limit the influence of Hector Herrera. Um, you know, when when we played Houston in Houston last time, they did control the majority of the possession. They had nearly sixty percent of the possession. When we played them at Children's Mercy Park, they had even more of the possession. They had sixty eight percent of the possession. Um, however. In both of those games, Sporting Kansas City performed admirably, pretty well. So they can have possession similar to St. Louis did if it's empty possession. It's just about limiting Herrera's ability to connect the back line to the front line to be that sort of creative spark in the midfield. 
you know, as with most games, I'd really love to get a goal early and really put some panic in their hearts, man, really make them worry a little bit. Um, one thing I did notice, though, it says it's a 6 o'clock game, mm -hmm. but it also says it's on FS1 as well as yep. MLS Season Pass. So we all know how those FS1 games go. It's going to kick off at like 627. Yes. It's not going to yeah. be good. So it's going to no. be later. Um, and, and then obviously there's the Seattle LAFC game that's supposed to kick off after ours. I believe the listed kick time for that game is, is 830 uh, Central. Mm -hmm. So that tells you all you need to know right there because uh, if, if they really thought this was going to kick off at 6, that game would start at 8. So it's, it's yeah. at least a 25-minute pregame show on Fox. Um it's it's gonna be wild though, man. This is not this is gonna be the toughest ta toughest task to date, mm -hmm. and and I I don't know. I'll be interested to see if we have any kind of different tactics. Will we handle them the way we did with St. Louis and by letting them have most of the ball? Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. They're a very good team at home. They finished obviously fourth place in the Western Conference, fifty one points compared to Sporting Kansas City's forty four. Um, so you know, only seven points across the entire season separated fourth and eighth spot. That's not a it's not a small gap, but it's not a huge gap, especially considering that Sporting went winless in their first ten. Um, really, the key thing for for Houston, which it's so strange because I mean, if you watched any of that Houston RSL game, the 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 game three of their previous series, it was in Houston. There's nobody there. It's not a good environment from a fan perspective for Houston, and yet. If you look at their record through MLS regular season, they're 11 wins, two losses, and four draws at home. They are a strong, strong team at home. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, wouldn't it be so nice if Sporting has a great traveling fandom uh, to be there? Like, I, I wanted to, man. We were really going to try to make it work. Uh, the time's hard. holiday weekend. It couldn't happen. But, and I just, you know, you kind of want to save that money and uh, for a potential final I, you know you kind of you never know you got the back of your head you never know yeah it's it is tough i mean you're 100 percent right it being on a sunday of a thanksgiving weekend that's one of the bigger travel days of the year everybody coming back from their thanksgiving trip and you're at the end of the year so you're kind of out of vacation days you're out of vacation you got all your holiday gifts that you're trying to buy it's a sunday night so if you got to be back for work on monday after maybe you already took time off on the front end it, it is tough but i do think there's going to be a contingency of, of sporting kansas city fans that that go there very affordable tickets for them, by the way. Did you see they were 40 bucks? Yeah, that's awesome. You know what they were in St. Louis? Like 80. 80, yeah. Like that just shows different markets, bro. Right. Well, they're, they're and you know, credit to Houston. I mean, it's, you know, under Coach Ben Olsen, they've really turned around their system. They have a, a pretty strong uh, defense and a, um, an you know, adequate offense, I would say. It's not one of the top, Offenses in the league, 51 goals on the year. We scored 48, and again, having only scored three through our first 10, um, we're only within three goals of of Houston's goal total on the year. But they've only allowed 38 goals on the year. Um, that's among the lowest in the Western Conference. I believe there are only two clubs in the Western Conference who allowed fewer goals on the year than Houston did, and that's um, FC Dallas, who is no longer in the playoffs, uh, and then the Seattle Sounders, who are a potential uh, Western Conference final team uh, if we were able to get past Houston. So this is a very strong team. I remember Jimmy Conrad last week said he thought maybe some of it was the humidity or whatnot. Um, if you look at the history between these two teams and, and how they've met previously, uh, they've met uh, five times 
before now um, when Houston were Houston in um, MLS Cup playoffs. Unfortunately, Houston's got the better of SKC four of those five times. Um, 2007 Conference Final, 2011 Conference Final, those were both 2-0 wins for Houston. Uh, the 2012 Conference Semis, that was a 2-1 aggregate score across two games. The lone win for Sporting Kansas City, 2013 Conference Semifinals, 2-1 um, across a home and away series aggregate. Obviously, the year that we went on to win MLS Cup. And then the knockout round 2017, we probably remember just you know five, six years ago, while I lost to, uh, to Houston on the road. So we've never scored uh, at Houston in a playoff game. That's that's a that's a crazy stat. That's wild. It's gotta it's gotta break this Sunday. You know you mm-hmm. gotta get one. Yeah, I think that's you know when you talk about um, the importance of scoring first, I think that sort of underscores it. There is one to show yourself and show the fans we have the ability to go to Houston and score in a playoff game. But two, yeah. like I was saying, with such a stout defense and the style that Ben Olsen plays with his club. Uh, Benny Ball, as it's called, which it's it's not a, a pretty um, style of soccer. It's it's there's not you know multiple pass team goals or whatnot. It's it's basically bunker down, frustrate the other team, snag a goal on the offensive end when you can. Which they're better this year than they have been last year or in years past with that. But then, yeah, just frustrate the hell out of the opposing team and don't let them score. And my fear is that sort of at least this year, and honestly in years past, been a little bit of sporting KC's kryptonite as if they feel like the other team's bunkering too much and they can't break them down. We just see those prayer crosses whipped in, and, and that's what we can't do. True. Uh, did you mention the July 8th game already? I mean, we we, we lost that. We lost the three points in stoppage time. We we It was 2-2, mm-hmm. two two, man, and we, we gave up that second goal in stoppage time to get one point on the road. We, yep. We had, <clears throat> we had three had points, so it's like, they can be scored on because we've done it. Yes. And that was when we were surging, man. Right in the middle of the summer, we were collecting points. Right. We've only we, we've played them three times this year. We've only lost to them once this year, but but that was the very first game of the year. It was in the U.S. Open Cup. And if you look back at the lineups for both teams, honestly, of that game, um, that game should be ripped up, torn to pieces, and, and thrown out because that was essentially um, a, a, a team of, of second stringers. You know, there, there were a couple uh, starters that were in there. Um, namely Kinda and, and Rodoya. Rodoya was still sort of getting his feet underneath him, but but you look at both sides. Uh, I mean, we had Steven Afrifa starting at striker for us at that point. Uh, Felipe Hernandez uh, was in the midfield, and Roger Espinosa was starting at left back. So that kind of tells you where things were. And still, we lost 1-0 to that game. It wasn't a blowout. It was one to zero. They did get a red card in the 35th minute. We had chances, and and they just we just didn't have the players to put it away. Um, if you look to uh, the game, like you said in July, Sporting Kansas City again, 40% possession. You look at sort of how the game played out with essentially the first choice lineup that were uh, outside of um, Timelia because he was injured at this time, but the lineup that we're likely to see on Sunday. We have Shallowy, Polito, Russell up top, Kinda, Voltaire, Tommy in the midfield. So there might be some combination of, of one of those two sitting up for Rodoya. But then the back line, Jake Davis, Danny Rosero, Andrea Fontas, and Tim Leibold at left back, who's going to be there this week for, <clears throat> excuse me, the injured Logan and Denbe. That game played out kind of like, you know, if you were a Sporting Kansas City fan, 
like you'd hope. Got the first goal of the game in the 25th minute. They came back and leveled it. Stoppage time of the first half. Couldn't see it out. We got the penalty kick in the 62nd minute to go up 2-1. And then stoppage time of the second half. Just a, I guess I would say a comedy of errors with Castellanos slipping and then the the, the ball going beneath Procero's legs or Fontes' legs. I forget who it was at the time. Um, finish it out, man. That's the, the moral of that game. You know, we're all different teams, too. I mean, Houston went on to win that U.S. Open Cup, and and uh, we squeezed into the playoffs and, and have been on a roll. So it's going to be interesting. And I will tell you another thing that's given this team momentum is I think I read correctly that Gadi Kinda scored for Israel this week. He did. I saw that highlight. That man's got a little taste for the net. I think he's going to come in Sunday thinking he can do the same. Yeah, it's possible. Um, he, he, he played in some of their games, not all the games, but yes, he did score in their most recent game. It was a, a beautiful late run into the box. The ball was, was sent into him. Um, and he finished it with power into the back of the net. Similar you to what score goals, you can continue to score goals. Like you just have that, that urge, man, that drive for sure. I, I love that he's getting on the board like this late in the year. Well, it's, it's also, you know, Peter talked about one of the most difficult parts of, of this break was simply that having three weeks off without a game is is in a lot of ways a disadvantage. I know there was some concern about Gotti going to national team duty and um, you know having the injury history or whatnot and how it would play out, but despite the travel and everything, it's probably good for Gotti to have gotten essentially a couple games worth of live game action to stay fit when the rest of the team maybe couldn't. And I think that's an interesting thing to try to be aware of. Um, as we watch this game unfold, is how does Gotti look compared to maybe the rest of the team? Maybe t- does he start off a little bit faster and more fresh, and does it take a minute for these other two teams to sort of get in their rhythm? I'm not sure. We'll see. As you say, yeah, man, score early. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm dying on. Score early, guys. Yeah. Um, so like you said, 2-2, we in, in our essentially full-strength lineup against them, um, minus Timelia. Went down, got a draw. Obviously, if we were to get a draw this time, it would go straight to penalties. I feel pretty good with Timelia in goal um, as opposed to Steve Clark in goal for Houston. Timelia undefeated in, in penalty kicks. If you fast forward to um, the game that we played against them at Children's Mercy Park on September 23rd, that was the game that Sporting Kansas City won 2-1 to again very early. Johnny Russell earns a penalty kick, seventh minute goal, get out in advance. Um, that was also the game that unfortunately, you know, about 30 minutes later, Johnny Russell was sent off with what sporting fans would call a controversial red card. He kind of rolled over the ball. And then where they couldn't finish out the game before, Sporting Kansas City did a better job finishing out this game. They ended up scoring uh, Willie Agata, the second goal, six minutes into the first half stoppage time. They did give up a goal to Houston three minutes later before the end of the first half stoppage time, but then they saw out a man down the second half and ended up winning two to one. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And, and dude, man, that was, that game was everything. Like you just, as you that's- felt it, you're like, wow, how did they hold on? Like this team is different. Mm-hmm. This team has, has grown and they're, they're really piecing something together. And this Cinderella story, man, like it could be, it could be something. I don't know. You got to believe we scored six goals in our two game sweep of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I, I'm reading that that's tied with LAFC for the most in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Huge. Like, we're, we're on LAFC's goal-scoring caliber right there. That's pretty awesome. Right. Not sure if you know, but LAFC are very high MLS Cup favorites. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild uh, that the fact that LAFC and and Seattle Sounders are you know two of since LAFC have come into the league what five six years ago I mean arguably the two best teams in the Western Conference you expect them to be there they're still there um, I think they said uh, Sporting Kansas City said that this is what our fourth conference semifinal game um, since 2018 and that's actually tied for most in MLS over the last six seasons. So, uh, Sporting Kansas City have that, I'm not going to say that same level of pedigree that, that Seattle or LAFC have necessarily over the last six years, but this isn't a team that's not used to being in this position. The, the, the frustrating part is, you know, I think it was 2018, maybe we got to the conference finals, um, 2017 or 2018. That's when we ended up losing to, um, was it Portland at home again? I don't remember. And then Portland played Atlanta and ended up losing. But uh, this is a team that's used to getting to this point. Now, can they get over the hump and get back to the conference finals and then that hump into MLS Cup? That's the question. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, we are we are second most in MLS with first half goals. Like we've scored 34 first half goals this season, including postseason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's right. Like we, we're no longer some late second half team that has to come back. We're, we're striking first a lot of these times. Um, thirty-four first half goals, thirty-four this season. That's wild. That's I mean, one. That's one a game for regular season. That's one a game on, on average, and that's great. That also means that we're only scoring fourteen goals in the second half of of across those thirty-four games. True. So. That's where my biggest concern about this team has been its ability to finish. And if you look at how, you know, the Houston game went that we lost in Houston earlier this year with the stoppage time goal, um, both in the first half and the second half, and then even the game that we were able to win, the stoppage time goal at the end of the first half that took a 2-0 halftime lead and turned it into a 2-1 lead and also you're down a man. I don't want this team to make it harder on itself by making silly mental mistakes, making silly mental errors. I do think the back line has improved quite a bit over these last, you know, 10-ish games or so that they've played, including the playoffs. I'm curious to see how Tim Leibold can slot in there, and if that disrupts the chemistry at all, I would be a little bit more concerned if Danny Rosero was not able to play. It sounds like despite the broken nose, he'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. So... Rosero and Fontes are going to have to anchor that line. They got to anchor it. Uh, let me hit you with something else here, real fast. I'm I'm the stat guy today, buddy. I Kuzalytics, uh, Kuzalytics, baby. Uh, when we are trailing at halftime, we lose the game. That is the stat. We are zero and eight and zero when trailing at halftime this season. Uh, when we're leading at halftime, we're twelve and two and two. Yep. I mean, you gotta you gotta strike first because that is not a good stat. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the yeah you're right. This team's not built for comebacks. Yeah, it's just not. And it, you know you got Tim back there for penalties. We know that man has a perfect penalty record mm-hmm. in playoffs and 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 deciding shootouts. So don't want to go there. 
really would like not to because, you know, blood pressure situations. Right. <laughs> yeah, I um having Tim there really is something that that it's hard to quantify cuz even when we were playing St. Louis at home and we had that one goal lead and we were, you know, trying to see it out and whatnot, like it absolutely would have sucked and been deflating if they would have gotten a goal at the death or whatever. But when you have a lead going into the final minutes or whatever, there is a little bit of comfort in my mind being like, okay, worst that can happen now is we go to penalties and we have Timulia in, in goal. Um, that's certainly not something that I want to happen. I'd rather obviously see it out in, in regulation time, but there's something about that man being in goal. And every time, I don't know, every time he gets back there for penalties, I'm like, is this when it finally catches up to him? Like, and it never does. You know, never does. <laughs> it's it's bound to happen, but the man is good. Um, man, another storyline I'd like to look at on Sunday is the play on the left side of the field. Mm-hmm. How much will Logan and Denbe's absence hurt someone like Daniel Shallowy? We've seen them this whole second half of the season really playing off each other, kicking it back and forth, little give and goes between the two. Logan, you go. Daniel, cut in. He gives it back to Daniel. Now Daniel's got to work with someone he hasn't really worked with much. Luckily, 100%. they've had three weeks to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I do know that when, when Leibold was playing, he was uh, playing consistently. Wasn't fast. He, he not was as fast as Logan. He's not as fast as Logan, but he, but he played well to the point where I actually yeah. was like, until he got injured again, I was like, oh, I think this left back job might be Leibold's to keep. I thought so too. And then Logan came in and played out of his mind for the last, you know, handful of games. So, again, it's a good problem to have where you have two players who have shown flashes of, of starting caliber ability. The question is, can Logan summon that for a single-game sample or a two-game, three-game sample without having seen the field consistently in that long? And Leibold's not going to get up there in the attack like like Ndenbe did, mm-hmm. um, which I'm like, okay, then I think that's fine. Because we need to put, you know, we need to have some defense. Because if we get a shutout and fail to score, then we go to over extra time and penalties. For sure. So I mean, I think I'm okay. I don't know, man. Libel's going to be jacked. He's going to be ready to go. Sure. He's going to want to he show ha- that he belongs there. He has to. He has no choice. One of the best pieces of advices I ever had in my life was when I was the lead in this comedy play, and I had hundreds of lines, my friend. I'm yep. not even kidding. I left the the stage for like 30 seconds one time. And I was <laughs> I was I was worried about it. I couldn't learn the lines. And my director goes, Well, you're gonna do it because you have to. Right. Like, what choice is it? You're not gonna bring the script out there. It's like Tim Leibold has to step up. Yep. He has no other choice. It's do or die for sporting. And he's an experienced player. I mean, he's what, close to 30. It's not like he's a, you know, a 20-year-old yeah. who's stepping out there and, and doesn't have the experience. So Exactly. His physicality is going to be there. His speed's going to be lacking as far as Logan and Dinbe goes. But as far as mechanics and, and tactics, like the man knows the game. Um, I It'll just be interesting to see him get back into it. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, Jake Davis, I'm really not worried about anymore at this point. I think Jake Davis has proven that he's he's a lockdown uh, right back. Um, he does get a little overeager sometimes, but but he's got the, the athletic ability to, to bust his ass to get back and, and make up those runs, which... Um, you know, I, I think could be advantageous. Houston's not necessarily an overly f- pacey team. Um, they used to be when they had Albert Elise on the on the team, but um, not as much anymore. The, their best player is far and away Hector Herrera. Um, 
they have one guy who's in double digit goals. Um, I mean, Bassey, he's their, their leading goal scorer, Corey Baird. He's got 10 Corey Baird has eight outside of that. It's really an even spread across the rest of their team. You know, a couple of guys have four, a couple, a, a number of guys have three and two. The only statistically dominant stat, I think that stands out across all of uh, Houston stats in terms of offensive statistics, Hector Herrera, 17 assists on the season. By wow. far and away the best. Their next uh, highest player is Corey Baird, who has six. So he is the engine that makes the Houston offense run. And if you can keep him under wraps, it's suddenly going to get a lot harder for Bassey or Baird or Quinones or Carasquilla, whoever is there, to get those opportunities if Herrera is not able to give it to him. Man, here's one last one for you. Sporting is 10-1-3 and one and three when Eric Tommy scores or assists. Yep. He's important. If, if he Tommy gets on the stat sheet, look for that to be a, a plot point there at the game because it's important. And he's one that even if um, even if he's not starting, if he comes off the bench in the 60th minute or so, as fired up and as energetic and, and, and precise as he is, that's a huge advantage, especially when, when the key player on the other on the other team is um, a little bit older, like Hector Herrera. Now suddenly you have somebody coming in with the energy of Eric Tommy, or conversely, if Eric Tommy's starting and they come in with the energy of Gatti Kinda, and now you're like, shit, I got to keep up with this guy now? That's, that's I mean, a huge advantage for Sporting Casey. We don't start both of them, do we? We just haven't done that. We have occasionally. Um, we did... Um, in, in one of the, I forget which game it is, in one of the first two uh, Houston games, I think it was the one in Houston um, earlier in the summer. But that was when Rodoya was battling a little bit of a knock, um, still kind of getting his feet underneath him. Rodoya, I think, has established himself as a pretty consistent and clear starting six. I mean, he's, dude, he's not like, he's not that player that you're screaming through a megaphone like, ah, he's the best. Like, he just does all the things quietly. He shuffles the ball around the way he needs to. He, just, he does what that role is. That's not a flashy role. No. And he, he does it, man. I give him his flowers because he's been fun to watch at that position since we lost Ilya. Yeah, the one thing he doesn't do that Ilya did sometimes, and it's not necessarily better or worse, it's just different, is he's less inclined to look up for the, 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 the ball downfield and mm -hmm. go straight from the six to the forward. Because Ilya, it always felt like he got the ball, and the first thing he did before looking sideways to the other midfielders was he looked downfield? Do I have Johnny or do I have Daniel streaking down the field? And can I send one over the top to him to send him on a quick counter? Rodoya is less likely to do that. Good. But but I don't think, you know, Johnny's a few years older now. Daniel's still got a little bit of pace, but he's not exactly the speediest player in the league. And Polito sometimes will be sitting so deep that he's not one who his whole game is just speeding on the counter. So I think it's just a shift in style of play. And that's where you see goals that Sporting scores where there's like 34 passes and 10 of the 11 people on the field have touched the ball because they're trying to be deliberate, sometimes to a fault with who they pass to and when they take their shooting opportunities. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm also for passing the ball around and, and having that sort of um, tiki-taka quick ball movement style if it will tire out the Houston midfield more. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, my big storyline throughout this whole podcast today has been like finding your motivation, finding your reason to beat these guys. And there's a little more here, man. Some miscellaneous stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, if Remy Voltaire starts, it's his 100th start in all, all competitions. Okay. So that's awesome. Uh, Eric Tommy, uh, if he makes an appearance, it's his 50th appearance. Nice. So that's kind of a nice little, 
milestone there. Uh, Willie Agat is one shy of his 50th goal at the professional level. Okay. Um, not sure if he'll see the field. Uh, it, it'd be nice if he sees the field because that could mean that we are up he- very heavily, right? It could it could go either way. It could mean like, hey, we're up. We can pull Polito and we don't need to risk injury. Or it could mean that we've just yanked a center back to put Willie on because we desperately yes. need the goal. Because we need two strikers now. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, Daniel Shallowy. He's fifth in club history with 95 goal contributions. That's goals and assists together in all competitions. He's too shy of tying Chris Klein for fourth place. So if he gets a goal and or an assist, you know, two of those, mm-hmm. he get, he ties fourth place on the charts, man. So players pay attention to that stuff, right? They say they don't, but surely they're aware of it, right? I, I think more than they like to let on. Yeah. Like at the end, they're like, oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, they definitely do because I actually saw a clip going around Twitter the other day of uh, Rob Gronkowski, his last year playing. When he walks up to Tom Brady, I think it was the last game of the year, he goes, and winding down the end of the game, he goes, Tom, I need one more catch, and I get my million-dollar bonus. And Tom goes, we'll get it for you. And the next drive, they go out. What does he do? He throws it to Gronk. He gets the catch. He gets his million dollars. So they know. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. That's so funny, dude. I saw that Apple TV Plus has a, a Patriots documentary coming out. That's going to really uh, recap the years where we all hated the Patriots, the Tom Brady years. I can't. I don't know if I can. I'm not ready. I'm sure it'll be great, man. And I love Gronk and his dumb brain. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I don't know that I want to ask for a prediction necessarily because we're always wrong with our score prediction. Like, it's it's just we're guessing. Um, you can do it. But do you feel like we can go into Houston and come out of there with a win? Buddy, I didn't feel like we could go into St. Louis and win, let alone drop four goals on those fools. Yeah. But here we are. Anything is possible, Kevin Garnett. It's real, dude. <laughs> this is serious. And and it's do or die time. Whoever wants it more, why well, guess guess who wants it more? People who have gotten their ass beat all season. That's us. It's a good point. Guarantee you we want it more. It's a good point. And and you know. Peter Ramiz has leaned into in his press conferences sort of the, like, prove the haters wrong mentality. Yeah. I'm not surprised if he's using that exact motivation for the club when they're in training and be like, all these people thought we all should lose our jobs. I should be fired. You didn't deserve to be here. You all are washed. And look where we are now. Let's go win MLS Cup and prove him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if he just, like, prints out, like, Twitter criticism and, like, yells it at the players during training? Uh, <laughs> you know, Alan, you're too slow. Hey, I should get fired. You know, right. it's just a little just thing. Let's mean tweets in their lockers. Yeah. <laughs> JC Mac 03 said, Hey, now, I never, I never called for anyone's firing on Twitter, and I never said I anyone was too old or slow. Let, let the record show. I know. I just wanted to throw your handle out. <laughs> but uh, I agree. I think we, you know, I'm not saying we will go in there and get a win. I think yeah. this team is certainly capable of going in there and winning in regulation. I think this team is certainly capable of going in there. And uh, and winning in a penalty shootout, I think, like you said, the biggest thing is get that first goal and don't let up. Whatever you did to get the first goal, whatever was working, don't get stop more. when you get one goal. Don't stop when you get two goals. Don't play not to lose. Play to win. Put the hammer on them. Put the dagger in. Keep the pressure on. That's what this team has to do because the second we get complacent, that's when we start letting in silly goals. That's when we start letting teams score four goals in 18 minutes or what have you. I will not be content or comfortable or even happy if we don't score three goals. It's got to be three or more, and it's just going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. I have I have a thing. I have an improv workshop at 7. 
Guess who's not participating in workshop and will be staring at his phone the whole time? <laughs> I, Sorry, I, guys. I do feel comfortable saying if Sporting Kansas City can get three goals in this game, Sporting Kansas City will win this game. I don't think Houston's going to score three goals. I think Allen's going to come hot, man. I think he's going to be dishing balls right and left. Johnny's going to be trying to do his thing. It People are healthy now, right? Johnny's kind of gotten over that knock. Uh, the only the only change in consistency has been at that left back, mm-hmm. and, and that could affect Daniel as well. It, it'll be interesting, man. I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, the Eastern Conference games will have already happened. They they happen on Saturday, Orlando versus Columbus and Cincinnati versus Philadelphia, so we'll already know who the Eastern Conference um, finals teams are. Obviously, we're the first Western Conference game on Sunday, um, and then Seattle hosts LAFC after uh, our game. Um, do you? I'm certainly not implying we should look past Houston because we shouldn't. That, I mean, anything can happen this game. But do you have a preference between Seattle and LAFC? <clears throat> Excuse me. If we were to get past Houston, as to which one we would go play? Oh, probably Seattle. You think? I mean, it's it's a little colder up there than LA, wouldn't it be? Uh, it, it would be probably colder, rainier. My my concern with Seattle, it's more of like an intangible thing. Is one, I don't want to have to see that damn Tim Melia, Kristen Roldan clip again. I for do an entire week, and I would love that to. whole shit. Um, but then. We went up and beat Seattle at Lumen Field, and that sort of kicked off the resurgence of, of sporting. That was our first win this year. So, yes, we can do it, but I almost wonder if that would be added motivation for them to, to quote-unquote, make up for that home loss. True. So. I mean, I don't want to play either one of them. They're both very scary. Um, but LAFC has been crushing people, and Seattle's been kind of up and down sometimes. So it's it's That's true. But I can't, we can't, I can't even think about that. No, yeah, that's just in first. Sunday's so damn important, man, and it's like, oh, Houston, good to see you again. Like, we haven't played you a, mi- a million times in the past decade, you know, so. Right. If if we do get past Houston, um, then the, the conference finals are set for Saturday, December 2nd, so we'll have plenty of time to talk about um, what that would mean. And and if something goes wrong and, and we're not here for a victory pod next week, we'll talk about what, what sporting needs to do in the offseason. Is it not second and third? It's set for the second? Well, it could be right now on MLSsoccer.com, and you shouldn't necessarily go by this. It says it lists right. both games as as December second. My guess is they are scared against going up against the NFL on Sundays, mm-hmm. and um, that would be College Football Conference Championship Day. So there would be less games to go up against. So gotcha. that's it's a very fluid schedule uh, yeah. scheduling MLS playoffs. They're like, yeah, it'll be like you know November twenty fifth or twenty sixth. Well, you know. Because <laughs> there was at one point, it, it looked like it listed that our game would be on Saturday this week, and then they yeah. answered, like, no, it's Sunday. So, uh, Either way, dude, it was going to hurt something that I love, whether it was my improv workshop or WWE Survivor Series. There you go. <laughs> War games. War games. You knew it. You knew it. So, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game, and, and I'm just I'm glad, again, I've said this before, I'm glad that we're here. Thanksgiving weekend, November, MLS Cup playoffs, and we're still talking about sporting KC soccer. What the hell, man? It's been, like it's I said, this wild. year has felt like a couple of years, really. It's yeah. been weird. So, uh, you got anything else for our good listeners before we sign off for the week? Dude, we keep winning games ever since producer Nick came on. And I got to tell you, he's uh, he's been a good luck charm. So, let's keep that rolling. Let's do it. Well, thank you all so much for listening with us. Thank you for those of you who left the five-star ratings and reviews. If you have not yet done so, please go ahead and do so. Clearly, we will read them here on air. Make sure you follow us on 
Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. You can shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Check out the video version, KCSN Soccer on YouTube or the Kansas City Sports Network app. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Traveling fans got to get loud. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.